Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A midweek treat of FA Cup action with a slice of ciabatta thrown in for good measure. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 1st of March. I'm Jules Bree. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. So one of the bonuses of the FA Cup being moved midweek is that we get a whole feast of action Mm. to talk about this Wednesday, don't we? What choice did we have but to drag ourselves into the studio to go over it all? (laughs) I know, I know. But it was good last night, wasn't it? Well, well, normally I love a bit of multi-screening and this would very much be a bit of me, but I caught up on it all later because I was at Wimbledon versus... Stevenage. How cold was it last night? It was Uh, freezing yesterday. It it, it was pretty cold. I do have a massive coat at the moment. I did see, however, I I know people have this view and have traditionally had this view of um, Wimbledon's fans as being particularly middle class. Mm. I did see the most quintessential Wimbledon fan snacking ever. The bloke in front of me had brought some tortilla chips from Sano's, I think, and he had tortilla chips in one hand and a pot of hummus that he was dipping them in in the other. Oh, at an I could actual see that football match. Yeah. 
How do you clap if something happens? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're just so far down that rabbit hole now. I mean, you had an Argentinian steak baguette, didn't you, at the very same game? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. quite fancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cut above a pie. Well, sure. you, you've not been here for a while, Jimbo, have you? No, Welcome back. I've been in Brazil. Can't believe I have to live here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Turns out. That's a fancy place for a holiday. Yeah, oh, it was great. Someone's earning the it big was bucks. Brilliant. Um, you understand actually, why Marcelo's gone back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe anyone ever leaves. Unbelievable place. It was great, yeah. Was it? Yeah. I recommend having Brazilian friends and going to their weddings. Oh, was it lovely? It, it was perfect. It was Brazil's mad. Oranges are green, but they're still called oranges. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's upside down. Presumably, while you were there, you scored a couple of goals in a state championship game. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And genuinely, any time you see anyone playing football, they've got these little kind of... Um, kind of sand football pitches all over the place, yes. even well away from the beach. The technique on all of the children is it's ridiculous. <laughs> everything's considered, everything's they're all trying to sort of do tricks and everything's flare-based. It is just everything you want it to be. Oh. And I got stung by a jellyfish. But... Oh, no. <laughs> did you have to piss on yourself? Uh, I didn't have to in the end, but I obviously did for good measure in the shower. <laughs> you didn't have clear. to, you wanted to. Well, I wanted to right. see if it would work. I only got I got stung by a jellyfish. Well, it had kind of gone down by then, but I thought, I don't know how jellyfish things work, so <laughs> right. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, how long just did you wait? Be, uh, about an hour. It was, it was oh, only a tiny jellyfish. It didn't hurt very much. So either it, was, it wasn't a very strong one or I'm really hard. Who knows? <laughs> Sounds like a footballer trying to take a drugs test. <laughs> I, I had three Carlsbergs and then I had a piss on myself. <laughs> oh, well, welcome back. Thank you. And straight back into the FA Cup action. We are going to be talking a bit as well about your beloved Arsenal who play in the Premier League mm -hmm. tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's start with last night's games. And we got a proper... Little cup set, didn't we, Andy? Blackburn Rovers of the Championship beating Leicester City 2-1 at the King Power. It was the only upset of the night. And although Blackburn are doing pretty well in the Championship at the moment, they've won their last three league games in a row heading into the game. So that's now four wins in all competitions in a row. Um, they properly matched Leicester, didn't they? And they deserve to go through. Yeah, they did. It's one of those cup sets, Jules, that's not really a cup set, as mm. you say, because even though Leicester have been improved recently it felt like Leicester's season in a nutshell if, mm. if, if you're a Leicester fan I would imagine that's what you felt that, that, like you would have read this script before because it was just totally self-inflicted really just really really poor defending and I just wonder the way Leicester want to play do they have defenders who are good enough on the ball to do that? I'm not really completely convinced that they do. But I think a lot of Leicester fans out there, from from what I've been reading from them saying online, feel that this is, you know, a, a line in the sand where this is the bit where they're going to have to go for a complete, like, rip out, tear it down, mm -hmm. rebuild. I, th I think a, a lot of yeah. them feeling like that. I think the they? second goal is is the best example of that, isn't it? It's, it mm. was so easy, yeah. even in a box full of players, for, for Blackburn to cut through. And it's a brilliant goal, not taken away from that. Both Blackburn goals are really, really good. Yeah, they were. Um, but it was, it was far too simple for them. Um, and we've all seen the stats, you know, comparing Leicester with James Madison and without him. And mm. he's almost certainly going to go in the summer. Um, it'd be an amazing coup if they can hang on to him but they need to be preparing for. even if they hang on to him they need to rebuild around him it does as you say feel like a line in the sand you sort of worry for Leicester a little bit because they're generally they're never boring are they there's always something mad going on there yeah, or something really thrilling and really fun but that actually does seem to have worn off a little bit now they just they just seem like a team who's making up the numbers in the Premier League and it's a shame yeah they've just been so bizarre this season because they went 
on that spell just before the World Cup where they became really solid defensively and just weren't conceding any goals. Mm. Then they returned from the World Cup and that goes out the window again. Then they had those two games where they scored four goals in each game and won, won both of those matches. Uh, and then the last couple of matches, they've gone back to type from prior to that good run before the World Cup. I mean, you, it's know, really, you, you just don't know what you're going to get with them, do you? You, you know, when we talked about how Bruno Fernandes settled so well at Manchester United, because when he came in mid-season, he was essentially doing the same job as he'd been doing at Sporting. He just got given the keys to the United team straight away and that worked for him. I think Tete, in a, at a lesser level, has been in that same sort of thing yeah. for Leicester, because last January, he arrived at, a totally crap and underachieving Leon side and knocked in a couple of great goals and you thought, hey, everything's going to be all right. But it turns out one winger doesn't yeah. pay for mm. all, over all the cracks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was also a point where Leicester fans were singing Jamie Vardy, he's won more than you to, to Blackburn <laughs> fans. But Blackburn have won 10 major trophies to Leicester's five. So that's like the fans have missed a penalty that. Yeah. Like it's, it's all going wrong. I mean, uh, at least get it accurate if you're going to be chanting stuff exactly. like that, right? Um, it was actually Brendan Rodgers' 200th game in charge as well um, of Leicester. Gosh, that's gone quickly, hasn't it? I yeah. Whenever you hear those numbers, I always feel really surprised by them, but you forget mm. about the amount of competitions everyone's in. It's funny, Diego Simeone um, got got to a record at the weekend. He got his 612th game oh, wow. in charge of Atletico. Uh, having watched them for a, a lot over the last couple of seasons, it felt like it should have been 6,012. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's dragged a little bit with Brendan Rodgers recently as, as, as well. This season has been long for Leicester. Mm. I'll be really surprised if he was if he was there next season. I mean it it does feel as if he's you know hanging on not to abdic abdicate money really at, yeah. the, at, at this point. I, th I think you have to say that. I, 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 I don't know. He, I think he'll believe in his ability to turn it around whether the Leicester board actually do. Does he? I, I don't. I don't think he does. Brendy. Once he, once he... Oh, Brendy backs himself, doesn't he? Every opportunity. Brother Brendy. But what, what if, exactly? What if the board don't back him? Because the the board haven't backed him, or the the board have indicated a need to go in a different direction, and that really was behind what made him mm. leave Celtic. It feels like it's got stale, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's yeah. won the FA Cup with Leicester, which is a huge achievement, obviously, because the, they've had this incredible situation where they won the league in 2016. Mm. That perhaps gets overlooked a little bit, but he, mm. I mean, he he will be, he should go down as a really. Uh, you know, as, as one of their, their greats, really. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, they're not going to win the FA Cup this year. They Jim. are not. They are not no. because they're out. Blackburn are through. And it does feel, when you look at the other teams that have that are sort of left in the FA Cup this year, that there's a real opportunity for, at least obviously because of the semi-finals being at Wembley, at least a couple of outsiders to get to mm. Wembley this year, which is amazing that they're going to get um, that day out for fans. And, and one of those teams I'm talking about are Fulham. I was going to say, if you're Speller yeah. and you're listening to this, you're, yeah. you're thinking it's a great chance for Fulham to win their first major trophy. It is. Surely. It is. And Brighton, yeah. but we'll come on to them. Uh, let's start with <laughs> Fulham uh, because they beat Leeds 2-0 last night. And I tell you what, two, two bloody brilliant goals. Yeah. Fantastic goals. Like Jalpalinas, there's something so satisfying about a player winning the ball mm. and then scoring after making the tackle that gave them that possession. Brilliant, brilliant he's hit. He's so good. Really good. He is They've like, got a gem there. He's one of the best players in the Premier League this season and he's going fairly unnoticed. Not He's obviously not mm. being completely unnoticed, but I don't think enough people are, are giving him mm. enough credit. Well, we I said think... at the start of the season, when, it, when he signed, I was saying, I cannot believe that Fulham have got someone of 
of, of that quality. He has been an absolute mm. game changer mm. for them. They're a really physically impressive side and he's a big part yes. of that. Just an think, absolute tackle monster. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a player love a tackle as much as him for a long time. It's great. He absolutely loves it. I think the numbers bear that out, don't they? He's made mm. significantly more tackles than anyone else like in some the, team. In the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he actually enjoys like when he slides and even if he gets it a little bit wrong, you can see that he's buzzing about it anyway. Mm-hmm. He's just one of those players. Um, and it was an absolutely stunning goal, um, as was Solomon's stunning goal, which was almost an identical goal to the one he scored on Friday yeah. night against Wolves. The side-by-side of that yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's rare that you'll see two goals so similar. Um, what a player he seems to be. They've, I mean, they, they got him in strange circumstances, obviously, from, from Shakhtar. Um, but he really looks like he's he's got what it takes to be a major player. The goal wasn't the only good thing, thing about his game last night. He's got mm. some really exquisite footwork on display. He's technically like the, so good. Very good at beating players as well. The type of player that's going to scare a lot of fullbacks. And it's, yeah, I mean, he's really, really enjoyable to watch. I think we're going to see a, a, a lot more of him uh, in the Premier League in the future. But he's, he's another one, isn't he? Like, bear in mind, you know, he's scored against Real Madrid for Shakhtar before. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a guy of such a, a high technical level. He's, he's fantastic to watch. And now he's properly fit. It makes an absolutely massive difference. But, you know, this is, this is where the Premier League is now. Mm. You, know, you know, you don't have to be... United or Arsenal or Chelsea to have absolutely incredible players. Yeah. But I thought it was quite interesting when you saw the final whistle go and I think Marco Silva must have got up and like gone, whoa, because like Javi Gracia was like right in his face straight <laughs> away. It's like he was like, right, that's done. We need to stay up now. Bye. Oh, I'm glad to hear I, that. I, I've, I've got to be gone. Actually, my one worry for Leeds was that Javi Gracia doesn't seem like an intense weirdo. And we know that you have <laughs> to have an intense weirdo in charge of the Premier League, uh, of a Premier League team at the moment. Yeah. And that does sound quite weird. Maybe to get away from the wind off the Thames. I mean, it's, blo- <laughs> it's bloody cold at Craven Cottage at this time of year, isn't it? You know what, though? Um, there was a shout by Micah Richards um, in the programme after, and he said that Marco Silva should be up for manager of the year award what do you reckon I could get on board with yeah that. I mean it obviously all depends on where they end up finishing but if they continue on their trajectory he's absolutely in with the, in with the shout the, the thing is I feel he's always had it but so much of being a good manager slash head coach is about timing it's about selecting the right job at the right time and you think you're only I think two bad choices away from like completely wrecking your career yeah. like almost irreparably and you know, if if you think of what happened with him, okay, I think I think he did pretty well at Hull. I think people forget what an absolute mess of a club Hull City was, particularly at that time. And to a recruit players of quality when no one really wanted to go there, and and, and b get them playing decent football and nearly have them stay up was a, a real achievement. Watford, he made the wrong choice of leaving mm. too early, and then he made the the wrong choice of going to Everton so you know he's he's had to he's had to work to 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 get back to this point yeah and and also as you say things also have to sort of fall into place at the right time as well you know you've got to have your players fit everyone's got to be working uh together in unity as well and and he's he's been brilliant at making sure that that's that's all continued into the Premier League this season. But it's mad at the start of the season when you think that he was saying quite openly in press conferences leading into the first game of the season, well, we haven't done enough in the transfer market. Mm. You know, we're short. And given that, and now with what they've produced, I mean, you know, they've, they've gone on to 
to, to back him as, as much as they can. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it has all clicked. It, it says a lot for his coaching of the players. Yeah, talking about um, Jim, as you mentioned there, having to have absolute weirdos uh, managing the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> in comes Pep Guardiola. Last night, Manchester City beating Bristol City 3-0 to get through to the next round of the Cup. Um, but I mean, his post-match comments were just so Pep, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. He was just like <laughs> giddy about being in Bristol and the, and, and, and Bristol City's fans. Um, it's just like reminiscing about his memories of going there five years ago, talking about how he wanted to go and have a glass of wine with Nigel Pearson in a really full-on way that makes <laughs> you think, God, even Nigel Pearson is going to think this is a bit much. And he's <laughs> Nigel Pearson all the time. Well, it was Love that, it. It was that thing, wasn't it, on the touchline just after the final whistle went, where uh, he got right up close to, to, to Nigel Pearson and uh, they were having a good chat. And it was... It sort of made me think for a minute of Nathan Redmond and thinking, you, you ain't grabbing N- Nigel Pearson by the jails. <laughs> Even you're not daring to do that, surely. Um, he said Please. he was flabbergasted by Phil Foden last night as well, Andy. Flabbergasted. I was, great word. I was flabbergasted <laughs> by... I love the, the thought of him learning that word. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... He's just been walking around his house all day. He's flabbergasted, <laughs> flabbergasted. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's like fl- when he learned the word dink. <laughs> Do you remember that in no, the training no. session? No. Raheem, I think it was Raheem Sterling said oh, it. Oh, yes, it And he was. overheard it and he's like, what, what was that? Someone explain it to me. And then like minutes later, he's on the touchline going, dinky, dinky, dinky. Yeah, it's brilliant. That. Brilliant. <laughs> I think it was great to see Foden do his stuff, as it always is. I'm astonished by the giving as stands of the second goal to him, mm. which wasn't going in. Although, if you're going to score a goal like... It was going so far wide and it was deflected in. It yeah. was. If you're going to score a goal like that and claim it as your own, I mean, he celebrated with full confidence, yeah, didn't yeah, he? Like yeah. it was really his. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen without him, does it? So, you know, you've got to give him that at to least. To be fair, I'd do that. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, happen so would without I. him. I'd give it even more large when it's deflected because really? I'd be like, yes, yeah. I made that happen. Stop hitting yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, do you guys remember there was that Man City fan that actually got a tattoo of Kaka when City were almost going to sign him and then it yes. never ended up happening? Well, I feel like something else like this has happened recently. A Newcastle fan got a Carabao Cup winner's tattoo before the final on Sunday. The tattoo was of the, the famous Newcastle saying, tell me, ma, me, ma, Newcastle are cup winners. Uh, and his mum is apparently absolutely <laughs> <laughs> And his nan. Apparently his mum and his nan are and absolutely his nan. furious and with his him. Nan, I love it. I see this is what we worried we were going to lose with the Newcastle takeover, wasn't it? It's daft stories like this and they are still delivering, which is it gives uh, me some hope for the future. There, there, there have been like a great hall of fame of uh, incredible Newcastle tattoos. I think I think they did they did a, a compilation of them a while back. The, the bloke who got Andy Cole tattooed on his die the week before he left for Manchester United. Uh, Kevin Keegan on the chest. Although, obviously, at the Ramble, we've all got Kevin Keegan tattooed on our chest. In our hearts as well. (laughs) Yes. I had to film something out on Wembley Way, and honestly, it was like just a sea of black and white out there. It was was brilliant to see uh, from the Newcastle fans, but... Mm wasn't their day. So your tattoo, Soz, you're going to have to get it removed. Well, yeah. you, you say that. It? You say Sweet that. Well, if it says NUFC Cup winners, it doesn't say which year. True. <laughs> just, it doesn't say just, which cup either. No, yeah. it doesn't. I mean, it, it, he himself did say that 
you know, he reckons it'll only be a matter of time, so just it'll just get it tweaked. So I think he's probably <laughs> right, to be fair. Is there space between NUFC and Cup for Intertoto? <laughs> <laughs> Put one of those little arrows up. Yeah, yeah mission marks. Oh, there you go. Um, right, talking of winning things, or not winning things, um, there was the FIFA Best Awards last night. Uh, was it last night or the night before? It was the night... A few nights ago. It was a night. It was a night, wasn't it? Mm. Um do you do you care about these awards? No, I no, no I do. Do you? I, yeah, I don't remember them existing before. Maybe they're so like you know boring that I don't normally think about them. But FIFA seems to have changed it up. It's like they're trying to create their own sort of like nineties <laughs> Brit Awards style chaotic award <laughs> ceremony where everything goes wrong. They had that mad situation with David Alaba, who um, basically he voted for um, Messi, didn't he, yeah, as, as yeah. player of the tournament? And lots of Real Madrid fans have kicked off and said, "Well, why haven't you voted for Benzema?" But the way they do it is that it's the national team managers and captains essentially take a vote from their teams and then they present the person they voted for but like it's just really messy mm-hmm. FIFA don't need to do it like that they don't need they've, they've created all this drama it's like they've seen the success of the traitors and they're going yeah we want some of this let's start stirring it up it's brilliant yeah some of the players that won individual awards then weren't in like the team of the year um thing so yeah. like Emmy Martinez for example he won best men's goalkeeper but he wasn't actually in the team of the year he was it was Thibaut Courtois mm. who went into the team of the year because it's voted for by yeah. one's voted for by the fans and one is voted for by players or I don't know who else but um, yeah I, I can't yeah. think I, I think you would struggle to get 11 players to vote for Emmy Martin yeah that's very <laughs> true weren't Argentinian I, I, I guess I, I was really amused by the fact that he was on this like Mini charm offensive. Yeah, like, trying to they'll be gutted with that. Present though. himself That's as a not nice what they want bloke from this again. New Brit Awards style thing. They they want him to have deep throated an award or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mary Epps was amazing as well. By the way, yes. she um she won the um women's best goalkeeper award, and she was talking about being in a dark place and how um winning that award is sort of proof that um no matter who you are, where you are, you can always um get yourself out of that. Um, so yeah, very inspiring from her. Um, also, some sad news today. Um, legendary France forward Juste Fontaine passed away at the age of 89. He holds the record for the most goals scored at a single World Cup, incredibly, 13 in six games in 1958. He's fourth on the all-time goal-scoring list at World Cups just with that one tournament. Wow. Absolutely incredible. He only played something like 21 times for France. He scored 30 goals. Just mm. absolutely un- unreal. It's part of that famous Ram team that went to the European Cup final as well. Yeah, who that's are right. uh, one of, I suppose, one of football's sort of great lost teams, almost, aren't they? In a, in a sense, yeah, that that they are in in, in a couple of the early uh, European Cup finals. Part of it was Real Madrid, and yeah, sad. Yeah. Okay, right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to start looking ahead to tonight's Premier League matches and some other stuff happening in the FA Cup. See you in a minute. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the sort of luxuriant quality. Yeah. Andy Brassel, that talking is about your steak you. sandwiches again. <laughs> I think that was actually you on BT Sport Score talking about the fur coat that you had on. It was. Just in case you wondered, listeners, she, she, she took it back. It was only everyone like Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, right, let's dip into tonight's action then. Um, should we start with some Premier League stuff, Jimbo? Yeah. Because Arsenal are taking on Everton. You're not going to lose 1-0 again, are you? I hope not. <laughs> Myself and Andy are going to be there to cheer them yep. on. So hopefully that will help. Will it's that probably what difference? they were missing before. That'll, that'll be the whole difference. Maybe, you and Andy yeah. being there. They'll just be inspired <laughs> to the, overcome Dice Ball, which they, is no mean feat. Well, how are you going to handle Dice Ball this time? I don't know, but I hope they're going to deal with it a bit better. I do think actually that the home crowd should make a difference because it did make a difference at Goodison. Uh, it needs to the Emirates needs to be up tonight because you know what Sean Dice is like. You know if if if. if that his team's growing confidence, right? The longer they keep you out, mm. the more they feel like they that you're never going to get through them. So this, you know, Everton are in the bottom three, but this doesn't feel like a game where you're playing a team down there. And, and there's a point to prove after the, the match at Goodison Park as well. I, I think there, there, there are two sides to this, really. Firstly, Arsenal are absolutely phenomenal at home. We, yeah. we, we can't get away from that. And as you were saying, Jim, and as you've said for a long time, the changing atmosphere at the Emirates is a, a, a huge part of that. The other half of it, and um, we spoke about this in the ramble, like probably about a week and a half ago. After Everton got that that win over Arsenal at, at Goodison, it did feel like a degree of Dyche inevitability. Mm. Like, oh, he's come in, and they're, they're just going to escape relegation now, and that's that. But actually, I think when you listen to Everton fans talk about it, particularly the other side of the the derby against Liverpool where they've just got nothing, mm. nothing really up up, up front. That is going to keep them down the bottom to the end. Mm. I, I, I think they're difficulty scoring goals. I don't see how they score past Arsenal well, in this game. I, I think it's a huge problem for them. They've scored the least amount of goals in the league. I think it's 17 that they've scored this mm. season. And since Dyche has taken over, only defenders have scored yeah. for him. Is that any surprise? Well, he's been saying, actually, that he, he wants his defenders to start, you know... Sh- taking shots from corners when they have the opportunity and stuff and trying to chip in as well because, you know, you know they all count. So, I mean, that is it's quite a telling um, kind of indication of where he sees their attacking forces being, right? Mm. Essentially, they're extremely lacking, as is obvious to everyone. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they, the window's shut. They, they've got what they've got. Calvert-Lewin's mm. kind of been injured a lot and hasn't been able to play much. Yeah. So they're we'll going to find, to be. Yeah, they're gonna have yeah. to find solutions to it. Yeah, I think... That um, are going to be a bit weird. Yeah. Dyche, like what? Well, like, 
telling your centre backs that you want more yeah. goals out of them. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> when his... they're the ones scoring them already. Yeah, his quote was, "I ask of them defensively. Clean sheets start from the front, so it's only fair to ask for it the other way round." Talking of defenders, um. Arsenal's defenders, Gabriel and Saliba, were spotted having a bit of an argument after the win against Leicester, but Arteta not too worried. He said they're a happy marriage. Yes, he says he wants he doesn't want his players to be robots, he wants them to be passionate. So I mean, you know, the team is starting to what was that know, look Barney like its about? manager's image, doesn't about? it? So they're like having kicking off all the time about they're having a, a happy, passionate marriage. I think so. <laughs> it's all very Scott and Charlene, bit, bit isn't it? And Mauro, isn't it? <laughs> Who are back together, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, well, according to Mauro, I have I have some doubts because of the date of the photo that's the start of the month. I mean, they've probably broken up and oh, reunited yeah. a couple of times since then. But look, they, they, they look great on Instagram. They who, are do. To, who are we to question? Where, what was the date of the photo? Uh, 2nd of February. Oh, right. And it was posted yesterday. Oh. What are they up to? Interesting. So, yeah, they, they've, they, there's, there's this picture of them and he's like, uh, she's the love of my life, etc., etc. And a picture of them. And, and there you think, oh, it's great. They're back together. And, and then you read at the bottom and you're like, hang on, hang on. Look at that date. Uh, to be continued. Yes. Um, also, Jim, Arteta suggested that Thomas Party might still be unavailable. His injury yes. seemed to coincide with Arsenal's poor turn of form didn't it so yeah I mean him, is that worrying he's a huge difference maker in the team when you look at the record with and without him and, it, and it's clear that you know he is a vital part of that team mm. but um, Jorginho has obviously come in and done pretty well um, so this isn't as drastic as it might be party played 20 minutes the other day so I expect he'll feature at some point um, I think Artes is just being very cautious with him so I suppose I the know, thing I'm, is, I'm keen to see a bit of Jorginho, to be honest, because I've, I've been away while he's been playing. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. I, I guess that's the thing. Uh, he's Partey's difficult to directly replace, isn't he? Mm. That, that's what the problem is. They've got no one else. Yeah, quite a very like different it. type of player. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see what happens tonight. You two are going together. Uh, maybe you two will be like a happy marriage at the end. <laughs> Let's hope so. Or a happier marriage. <laughs> at least a passionate one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke still thinks that Arsenal are going to lose the title on, on the last day of the season. It's bang out of order. It is. Bang out of order. Mm-hmm. Jim's not getting involved no. at all, Andy. Well, as long as I don't finish third on the last day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> finish third on the last day of the season, Spurs win the FA Cup. It could all be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, our, that's our optimistic Jim. Yeah. There we go. There um, we go. Also tonight at eight o'clock, uh, Liverpool against Wolves. Um, it's the fourth time that Liverpool have played Wolves in 2023 and we're only at the start of March. How has that happened? It's, it's, it's like if we go back a decade. Do you remember that time where Real Madrid and Barcelona played each other four times in 17 days? It's like a much shitter version of that. <laughs> it really is, yeah. <laughs> Liverpool must hate Wolves at the moment. Absolutely hate them. And I don't know whether that's going to help or hinder them. They, they beat Wolves in the FA Cup, didn't they? And it almost felt like that was a bit of a turning point for Liverpool at that point that time didn't it then they then they lost to them just a couple of weeks later and that feels more like the turning point actually yeah Mm. that that has been the point where Liverpool seems to have got actually we could completely fuck this season Mm. we we need to we need to pull ourselves together and they've done it like slowly gradually obviously take out the, the, the the Real Madrid performance but you know they've managed to at least grind a few results out I mean that the Palace game of the weekend was, oh, it was a treasure, yeah. utterly it? miserable. Yeah. They're in yeah. one of those phases where everything looks difficult. Yeah, like just just simple things look hard. Every fixture looks really challenging, but 
it wouldn't be the first time that Liverpool have sort of powered themselves back into a position like that. If you remember Alisson, you know, his, his header um, that kind of kick-started them or, or came in the middle of that run where they ended up finishing in the top mm. four where they looked like they were going to be way off it. They've done it before. And I do think that if they put a run together their momentum will start to be scary for people, you know. I think overcoming Newcastle and Spurs to get into that top four is going to be really difficult, but I wouldn't write them off out of it because if they can get a run together... They can 100% do it. The fact they've done it before will, you know... Absolutely, and you look at the quality they've still got. I guess the big question at the moment is how long Darwin is out for because, of course, he's got this shoulder injury that means he won't play in this game. It's undetermined how long he's out for at this time. Even when he was like, missing chances and people were taking the piss out of him at, really at, at good, the start, thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's a tempo setter. Mm. He's he's huge for the way they play now, and I th- I think it's remarkable when you think, okay, there are aspects of this season mainly statistically that could have gone better for him this season, but the influence he has on Liverpool already and the way they play, I I think is pretty remarkable. So they need to get him back quickly. Yeah, I I still think it's it is. Um... It's quite incredible, really, that despite how poor Liverpool have been at times this season, when they put together a couple of wins, instantly everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're favourites for the top four again. Mm. It's almost like, as you both have just pointed out there, once they get on a good run, they can be frightening. It's what Jim was saying about muscle memory. Mm. I mean, Liverpool have have been so good for most of the last five, six seasons. Yeah. You know, no matter the lineup, and they've pulled it out of some quite difficult situations. I mean, they are lucky to still in, be in with a shout of Champions League the way they've played this Absolutely. season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you could say the same about Spurs. Mm. And like one of them's going to get it. Yeah. Mm. I, I also think that for me, part of the reason why when they do go on a run of maybe a couple of, of, of good wins or good performances, part of the reason why I think they're favourites to, to get top four is Jurgen Klopp. So it surprised me actually to mm. hear Marcus saying that actually he was arguing on Ramble Reacts last week that uh, Klopp's time could be up after they lost to Real Madrid. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find many Liverpool fans that would be happy to see Klopp go at the moment. I think they'll all back him to turn it around if he's given the time, yeah. given the investment, et cetera, et cetera. Whether the board would feel like that is a different thing though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's very rare that we see see managers come out of a really, really successful cycle, have it start to fall apart a little bit and then be given the chance to rebuild mm-hmm. it. We've, we don't really see it in the modern game. So I think it would be fitting if Klopp were the person to get that chance, but it would be very at odds with how modern football works. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you were saying, Spurs in action tonight, Andy. Uh, this time in the FA Cup, though, they travelled to Sheffield United. Um, their season has just been up and down and unpredictable as mm. well. So what better time to announce that they're going to be building uh, a karting track underneath the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Exactly what needs to be done right now. Harry Kart, why not? Just <laughs> really weird. How much space have they got in that stadium? They keep adding stuff to it. It's like it's an NFL pitch under the pitch. There's a go-karting track under one of the stands. I know that cheese room turned out to be fictional, but in my <laughs> mind, it's still in there. I, I think what what interested me about the, uh, the uh, PR blurb around this news um which you know is is what it is it says uh, it said something like uh spurs um now host events that interest 87 percent of the world's population <laughs> so, so between between music formula one 
uh, football and NFL. It's like Alan Partridge saying his internet radio show is available <laughs> to a potential audience of billions. <laughs> <laughs> Same sort of thing, isn't it? Although oh, I, th- it's, I love that. it's very smart the way Spurs are using their stadium like this. You've, you've got to, if you you know if you don't have a sort of state backing you, you've got to be clever with how you make money, and it, yeah, it's, it's a it's a smart asset, and they're using it well. Yeah, very true. Um, also, what about this? Antonio Conte is set to be named on the Premier League Manager of the Month shortlist, despite the fact that he was only present for one match because, of course, he's been recovering uh, from the surgery that he had. Uh, and the only match he was indeed present for was the 4-1 defeat against Leicester. <laughs> Poor Stellini. He's probably sat there thinking, this should be me. It should be mine. And also, if you know anything about Antonio Conte, the idea that he's just said, oh, right, Christian, you get on with it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> nonsense. Oh, Absolutely not. Yeah. He's just at home with some binoculars, shouting at them, not even through a phone. No, Conte's actually um, been linked with a move back to Italy, hasn't he? Um, and you can kind of understand why. Atalanta boss Gian Piero Gasparini was filmed throwing a sandwich out of his car at some <laughs> AC Milan fans. Ciabatta everywhere. Why wouldn't Conte want to be part of that again? Oh, it's classic, isn't it? You, you just... I, I hope you know when I can imagine that he's got so angry that he's not even thought about throwing that sandwich. And obviously, in a situation like that, you're going to be wound up afterwards. I just hope he wasn't too hungry because <laughs> if you were still hungry and you'd thrown your sandwich away in an embarrassing rage, that hunger is just going to annoy you even hanger, more. Hanger, absolute proper definition of hanger. That although ciabatta is a, a good choice of bread to throw because it's quite hard, isn't yes. it? Yes, it'd do a bit of damage. <laughs> yeah, better than you know, uh, I don't know, just a normal white. Slice. Yeah, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna do any damage with that. You're or not gonna be able to throw it as far. No, for catcher, a bit softer. Chibata, the perfect one to throw for damage. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm thinking stale Spanish bocadillos. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how we're still seen as the home of out of the window, out of the car window, action, sort of manager action mm. after Harry Redknapp. But you think of this with Gasparini. You think of Rajan Ingolan when he was at Roma, like uh, leaning out his car window and <laughs> saying how much he hates Juventus and uh, how much he hates all their fans and all, all, all that sort of stuff. Speaking of um, managers and things out of uh, uh, car windows, did anyone see uh, the baby in Ten Hag? No. It was the weirdest thing. So Eric Ten Hag, a couple of weeks ago now, was driving in or out of Carrington and a Manchester United fan just got their baby and put it on his window and just got him to hold the baby for a picture. And it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. It's just wow. Ten Hag holding this baby like, hurry up and get this baby off my window. Yeah, this is I don't want to drop the baby. <laughs> <laughs> the, the baby survived. It's Good. Fine. Good to know. Yes, yes. Do you remember a couple of years ago, we also had a story of a, a, another coach in Italy who, who cut... A man with a ciabatta yes, roll when he threw it at him in a post-match interview, Cut, cutting someone with ciabatta. <laughs> um, the, the hooligans' roll of choice. <laughs> it is, um, Andy. Maybe you and Dotton will be talking a bit more about some ciabatta throwing, along with David Cartledge on the continent, because uh, it's back tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, possibly in the uh, game of the week, which is always has a food pairing section at the oh, end. Mm. There we go. Okay, so we've got that to look forward to on the continent is back. Uh, Also, we've got Marcus and Luke back with Ramble Reacts first thing tomorrow morning, discussing all of tonight's games in the FA Cup and the Premier League as well. Um, Andy, Jim, thanks for your company today as always. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, guys, part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.